You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on The Cooligans, we will be joined by the Darby Days King himself. Uh, we're excited <laughs> to be joined by Ellie Menjum. No uh, high praise, huh? <laughs> Just the king himself. <laughs> it's dope. We talked to him about Darby Days. We talked to him about the danger he's been in. We explained to him a little something about CONCACAF. And also, I explained to him how the Hyundai A-League works in Australia, his home country. <laughs> that and more today on The Cooligans! Hi, this is Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, and you are listening to our best friends and favorite comedians, The Cooligans, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, baby! Yeah, yeah, we are. We are here, we are back it was supposed to be a little muted was it because my neighbor's baby is awake as hell right now (laughs) okay nap time is over that's right and we both want milk son (laughs) okay get get that lactose ready mom let's go you know your boy wants to start getting regular again is everyone else pooping weird during this quarantine but anyway okay i'm playing marbles who's with me alexis come on aren't there hippo laws uh, that you're breaking anyway. Uh, <laughs> hello, Did you everyone. say hippo laws. Are you fat shaming <laughs> me right now, my dude? Hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to the show. Uh, hello, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. All right, we are the Cooligans. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that you have ever witnessed. Okay, we, we absolutely better be. I, but it's not just that. I, it isn't just that. It's not just the funniest. It's also the gulliest. Scrap. That's right. It gets it gets dangerous in quarantine. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is the I'm most coming dang- for that toilet paper, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, run that Scots. <laughs> what you got, paper towel? I'll use it, my dude. <laughs> Put it in so, a bag and don't hit the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Oh uh, yeah, welcome to Living Room FC. We are yes yeah, still home quarantined as uh, I, I hope you are as well uh, and, and we're all trying to process all of this stuff uh, you know as best as possible and today I'm excited about it because oh uh, this is the first time I've been excited about quarantine yeah, uh, because this is it right here <laughs> The the man who uh, is going to be joining us today is a uh, do, should we say uh, uh, a soccer legend? I mean, because I know that will piss off uh, the the English mates, the lads out there. <laughs> well, let's say he's a soccerroo legend, okay? <laughs> okay. Because even though bad. even though he's got a slightly English accent right now, the dude's originally <laughs> from Australia, and you can't see it, but he's seething because I said that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Unless you're driving from Derby days, the most legendary soccer documentarian of all time i said it put your hands together for the one the only ellie menjum everybody ellie hello ellie what people of america <laughs> what? this is, is in 1965 how, can you hear me out there yeah we've got them live they see me? from satellite tv <laughs> no. as you guys are aware i'm not very tech savvy so all of this is new to me apologies for the lateness or i'm sure you'll address everyone and tell them but 
Well, no, no, we weren't. I mean, it's a pleasure to be on fire. We were going to pretend gonna... you weren't late. We were just going to yeah. go through the show and act like yeah, you we were. We were going to pretend you were, you're an upstanding professional. Yeah. Uh, but no. no. Let's get the truth out there. I'm sick of people thinking that. <laughs> yeah. well, you yeah, want to bring mean... down the Ellie Menjum stock. <laughs> <laughs> the expectations, everything. Bring it down. Yeah. Well, they could see was... what you look like right now. So the expectations have been lowered, buddy. <laughs> what yes, happened? Yes, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dollar Shave Club didn't make it to England, bro? <laughs> yeah. You look like you're. About to rob a candy store. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was open, I mean, if it was open. Yeah. I didn't know you became a drill rapper during the quarantine. Thank you, Ellie Man. <laughs> okay. Well, is this a roast or a football show? I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Cooligans, baby. <laughs> okay. We roast the ones we love. That's yeah. all it is. Instead of heady one, you're hairy this one. Is, this is the only. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Nice little, nice little pun. Wow. Uh, oh, I'm definitely not sharing this now, am I? No. Well, we'll cut that out. We'll cut Have you written this down? No, no, that was great. That was fucking amazing. It's all off the dome, my dude. Yeah, you know how this works. Change. Let's let's uh, properly introduce uh, Ellie Menjum to you know maybe an American audience who d does not uh, know who does not know his work. Uh, Ellie Menjum, you 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 work with uh, Copa ninety and uh, Darby Days is I think how most people know you uh, from. These incredible, uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, documentaries, uh, uh, these pieces for uh, Darby's all, all over the world. It's a, it's a, it, it, you know, it's a concept people understand. Uh, but you are someone who who gets in in the thick of it, right? You go into, you hang out with these ultras. You hang out with some pretty seedy folk, yeah. uh, <laughs> some sketchy individuals. Yeah. As you can see, <laughs> you do don't that. talk about Christian that way, dude. <laughs> you do that, and uh, you know there are some of them are like you know uh, fun and 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 people could be welcoming, uh, but there are some that you, you are in some real uh, danger. You know, being you know if we're being honest. Um, so I, I want to one get to know uh, about how that project started and get to know you more as well. Uh, but what what was the what was the pitch well received when you were like? Well, Let's do a Darby Days, and and how did it how did it really begin? Okay, well that's that's the very beginning when I I won a competition to work for Copenhagen as a one-off in 2013. That was the Confederations Cup, the tournament before the World Cup. It was in Brazil. I, I, it was a one-off job for five weeks. You get to go to Brazil. I won that as a competition, and then essentially. Um, they were already planning Darby Days. Darby okay, Days okay. was my idea. I mean, Darby Days as a concept has been done many times before by many different people from BBC to Danny Dyer on ITV and a whole bunch of others. Danny Dyer? So they were going to do it again for the YouTube generation. The dude from yeah. Football Factory? Yeah, Football Factory. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he he went and did Derby. So people had done it before. And Copper were looking to do one for the YouTube generation, a new and modern version. They had another host who was already working for Copper 90, already penciled in. I was just doing the Confederations Cup job. I kind of got word of it. I've always been obsessed with rivalries. And so they had like a bunch of written down... I was trying to get the job, and they were like, no, it's the job's taken. Just fucking concentrate on your first one. And then I thought, okay, well, then I said, what I did instead is I started, like, going, like, yo, if you're going to do Derby Does, though, make sure you go to Noah Chipswich or Heracles Herenveen or, you know, uh, Why Dad Racha. And they were like, wait, what was that last one? So, like, they were like, oh, he actually knows what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, but were you making it up? Us. Were you just getting, like, gun so roll? That... You got to go to Hamla, Hamla, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and Bob's United. Those are very... <laughs> 
when uh, Huma, when, when Hummus yeah. FC takes on um, yeah. Lubna, buddy, you've never been off. a sporting champion. No, no, no. I mean, you don't even know. You don't know anything about football. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, I don't have to make that shit up. But yes, um, yeah, that, it worked in my favor. They gave me the gig. Um, the first series was like, as I said, it was like we've developed and gotten better each one, and kind of like made it bigger and almost something different. The first series took us to the more famous derbies, your Liverpools, your Roms, your El Clasicos. It was eight episodes. And the last episode was in Serbia. And because Serbia, the league is so kind of unknown, they were willing to give us on-pitch access, highlights. And it actually, the episode came out and it blew up because basically everyone's already seen a million documentaries on Liverpool, Everton or whatever, Arsenal, Tottenham. So when we did one that wasn't about a derby typically spoken about, at least on YouTube, it went, it went gangbusters. I think it hit like a million in a couple of months or something, while the other ones were hitting 100k maybe. So basically we went, oh shit, people want to see something different. And then we did a second series. We went to Seattle, we went to Sydney, we went to Hungary, Bosnia. Bosnia is another one where they gave us heaps of access. Basically each time we did one, we got a bit more access and then the next league would like it and let us do the next one. And then, so that was season one, season two. And then season three, I kind of stepped in and said, I want to be in charge of them. Started with Madrid. They gave me a chance on Madrid. It went really well. And since then, I've kind of directed and produced them and kind of run my own way up. They've just gotten big. So the first two seasons were 10 minutes, 12 minutes, then went 20 minutes for Spain. Then I took it to I took it to 20 minutes to Spain. Took it to half an hour for Hamburg, and then Buenos Aires went to an hour. And now they're all that's an hour. Amazing. And so yeah, that's the series is just basically going to discovering different rivalries. And I think what I like most about it is the fact that we uncover why it's a rivalry. We don't just go, oh, they hate each other because. They're from the same city. It's like, let's look into why, whether it's philosophical, I don't know, a religious difference, a, I don't know, geographical difference, yeah. whatever. Well, I okay. talk, dude, uh, you were talking a little bit about uh, Derby Days. When you took over it, visually, I noticed uh, sort of an, an adjustment, an advancement on how the show was presented. You know, early on, it was just a lot of like, what, flares? Here's a zoom in on a guy who probably has, you know, a criminal record, right? But now, it, just, it seems <laughs> like it's different. Like, you've taken an approach to it. And my wife actually noticed, she's like, I don't know what you're watching, but this looks like a music video. Like, whoever directed this clearly used yeah. to work in music. And I think I shot you a text after that, but you had said that that kind of gives you like, a bit of an appeal as to that's the appeal you're looking for, right? Is that talk to us a little bit about sort of what yeah. you're looking for when you direct these things? Actually, yeah, I remember you texting me that. I think you were the first. I always thought that in my head, like these are basically just big extended music videos. I mean, for me, what often inspires music inspires images in my head. I don't know if there's something wrong with me or there definitely is, but ah, uh, that's one of the things. That's wrong it's always with you, been yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> it's been. <laughs> It's always been that music's inspired images. Images haven't really inspired music in me, so maybe that's the way I'm inclined. And so, therefore, I've always just kind of felt that way. And I've, I always like, whenever I'd go on a trip, I'd download a couple of albums, and like, I always liked for that music, that new album, or that I found to kind of like almost when I thought back to that place, I try and find the music that kind of fit with the settings, whether um, that can be due to weather or know, architecture, whatever else is going on. Obviously, language. Um, so, I guess. Yes, that's a good way of looking at their music videos because they're almost like the music almost kind of directs the way I want the film to look. So it depends what I'm listening to at the time, which is often the case. Um, that's kind of been hindered now by these new YouTube music and laws. That's why we don't have Buenos Aires Derby Days oh. up anymore. But um, but like, yeah, so for instance, Berlin, obviously I was listening to a lot of like EDM, a lot of house music, a lot of kind of German techno just to like get get my head into 
to what it was. Same with Vigo, a lot of industrious kind of craftwork style um, music. So essentially, I think the way I look at it is, yeah, music is probably the most important thing in the kind of the direction of the film, even aesthetically, even though music's, it's all, you know, it's it's audio. It, it drives my aesthetics of how I want something to look. Um, before I did Galithia, which I think was the one that really started to change things. Galithia between Sartre de Vigo and Deportivo La Colonia. I was listening to a band called The Blaze, which are huge now, but um, French Algerian band. My friend, she got me into them. And I, I just, I remember put on the headphones and I wrote the whole script to that, to that, to the literally to the song, to one song. And then we made the film to that song, I had the shots I wanted, to that song, it was edited yeah, yeah. To, the, to the first song anyway. And then just kind of just, that song led me to another song on Explore, recommendations, whatever, and the next thing I know, I the songs kind of helped tell the tale and it worked really well, and then I've just kind of followed that ever since. So that's kind of it, yeah, music definitely, I think music's so important, I think shots are important, and you just kind of, if you can merge them together and get a feeling, that, and make it, I really appreciate you, Alexis, and your missus noticing that, but um, I think what it is for me is like, one every time you watch one to be like, oh, that was totally different to the other one. Or if not totally different, there were moments that were different in the way it was driven. It's not just every time, oh, here's two teams, this way they hate each other. Sometimes it'll be like, the first 10 minutes will be one team, the next 10 minutes will be the other team. Sometimes it'll be split, it'll be like one minute this team, one minute that team, it goes back and forth and you're like, oh, okay. It's every one we try and make different. And I think that's what keeps people, what makes the series so popular is the fact that every time you watch it, you're like, there's no cliches in this. It's going to come yeah. at you totally different. Well, it, e- way gonna it even feels, like even it your response to that, uh, you know, that question feels very like deeply Kanye. This is touching, you know, I'm getting, I'm a, I'm a, I'm explaining to you my art, but you're not even really going to get it. You know, yeah. Kanye, by the way, not like this new weird yeah. one. You simpletons. Let me break it down for you, plebs. Ellie's like, okay. The I music idiot? is good. So things go boom. No, 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 no. I, I go, oh. <laughs> but no, like I, even that question, that's a fantastic question. Like no one's really asked it to me that way. Um, And very, no one's ever said to me like, oh, it's like a music video. I've always thought that in my head. Um, so yeah, nah, it's sirens, cool. Guys. It feels like a movie because of the English uh, siren. <laughs> yeah, we're not as you used to hear, you used to hear this in Brooklyn, right? It sounds Before a little different. Actually, you hear your gunshots first, then that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm also curious about you. Um, the you know the the, uh, the Derby days that that kind of at least the first one at least that I can vividly remember it blowing my mind was that that the the Buenos Aires the the Boca River one. Um, and there there was a a it did feel it had this sense of a of a film that and that you, that you're the lead character of. And I uh, you know a lot of the Derby days feel this way where we're watching this protagonist kind of is like, ellie gonna die today <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be fun yeah. i mean are, are there any uh, with that one in particular uh was there anything in particular that uh that stood out when it comes to any real sense of uh danger you know i because i and i'll preface this when we start as as comedians being in in the the football space. You start realizing that some people take this stuff very very seriously and do not like you know two clowns uh, you know <laughs> joking about the ga- jokes <laughs> nah. about the game that they love. So get, you know being you know immersing yourself in that space. Do you ever feel a real sense of danger? Yeah, hundred percent, a million percent. Um, everyone thinks. I mean. Oh. Buenos Aires, 
thing, the Buenos Aires episode, unfortunately, right now on YouTube, it's blocked. If anyone's watching this and going, why can't I find it? We're trying to get it back. But essentially, that is what everyone considers the biggest derby on earth. And it's the number one one everyone says, oh, you got to do it, you got to do it. And my answer is always, A, I don't like, I don't like closure. I, like, I don't like to do, you know, I, I, I didn't go to the World Cup final. I had an opportunity for a reason. I don't want to go to the biggest thing. I always like to have that thing as like... The um, I, I you never want to reach, never meet your heroes, never you, you never really want to reach your goals. I don't yeah, know. There's something yeah. weird and existential for that for me. So I never wanted to do it because I was like, that's the biggest ever. And once I've done that, I can't go backwards. And also, it's so big. How do I even do justice that Darby and Vice have done a really fantastic um, documentary on it as well, where they went to those. Obviously, the one we went to was the first ever time they met in the final of the Copa Libertadores. But the first time they met in the semi-final, they met over two weekends and then they met in the league in the middle. It was, they met three times. It's one of, it's, it was, the documentary was perfect. They literally went to the per- perfect time. They interviewed the head of the Bada Blava uh, of Ladofe uh, for Boca. And it was just, it was the one where they sprayed the, it wasn't perfect. I mean, it wasn't perfect, for, at least if for documentary maker it was perfect. They sprayed the, um, <laughs> the tear gas through the tunnel, the fans. And so it was yeah. like, they, they hit the jackpot. They went to the one you had to go to. And I was like, I'm not going to, do, to tell you one that was like, oh yeah, it was that one where they won 2-1. They went to the one where they played three, they went to three games in one week. Three times they met. There was tear gas, there was fights. There was the, I was like, if I can't beat that, I'm not making it just to make another one. So we're not doing it. That's it. And I, I always said, the one time I'd do it is if they met in the Cobble of Birds finals. <laughs> I'll never forget when we saw the draw and they were like, oh, fuck, this could actually happen. And that's when I was like, okay, we go and we make this because no one can top this. We can't top Vices unless we get a final. Oh, we got a final? Yeah. And then they almost killed some of the players. I always... I said then they almost killed some of the players. Well, I want you to continue on that, but I also wanted to ask about... Because uh, we, we were talking off air about uh, how you're learning Spanish on Duolingo, which is great. I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but you you get to be involved in, in so many different cultures and learn so much. Like When, when it comes to preparation and research uh how much of it is involved with uh like do you get someone who speaks the language uh talk to them you know in the preparation of the derby days uh how much of that is involved in learning about the culture and the language and things like that before you actually go to that country yeah (laughs) you guys are full of great questions um what i'll often do is I'll often find someone in that city or in that country and they'll be a kind of like behind the scenes fixer. They'll also probably, we'll probably interview them. Um, the Berlin one, you may notice the guy Kareem who's walking around with us. The cool thing about Copenhagen having become as big as it is and especially my show is there's a kind of person who loves my show is also the kind of person who gets what the show needs and like they exactly get what you need. They get You need a bit of culture but uh, mixed with football and the right contemporary stuff with the right kind of historical stuff and they they get exactly what it is they get you want you don't want to do cliches you really want to find the kind of almost the phrases that define the city you know Berlin's one was um poor but sexy we try to like I really try to go in on that and like how that's a phrase that only Berliners know we're bringing it to the mass audience and stuff like that it's about finding the people who get the show's become luckily big enough that people get what the show's about and that those people behind the scenes help make it what it is so yeah, we'll always have fixers who speak the language. We've got one guy who works at Copenhagen, Martino. Maybe you guys know him. He speaks six languages himself. <laughs> helps, yeah. So um, essentially, uh, he, is your fixer Romelu Lukaku? Yeah. No, Romelu Lukaku is nine. 
bitch. Not including dialects. He told me that himself. Okay. Little little, little name drop. Yeah. He, yeah. He's. Yeah. Well, Seth yeah, Letter told no, me man, if I didn't have that money by noon, he was gonna break my. He was gonna break my knees. Oh, you took the Seth Letter? You took the Seth Letter? This can we cut this That's interview? my dream so. get, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, I mean, one of yeah. the uh, it, one of my favorite things was um, I, I I wish I, I can't remember the the teams, but this was in in Spain. Um, I think the, it's the Deportivo La Coruña and um, Celta Vigo. The, no, the the cider. Which was the two teams? Yeah. Oh no, no, that's the Asturias, that's the region yes. next. Uh, that's Asturias. So that was uh, Obiet, Real Obiet yes. and versus, so I, uh, I'm a huge fan of cider. Love it, right? Uh, uh, so this this part of it, like great, the right. fact that I can connect to Derby days, and and th- these are one of my favorite memories of like seeing. I didn't know cider was such a big deal in that region, and it makes me want to go. Oh, it's so big, everyone's got like a special pair of shoes because there's just cider. Yeah, and they yeah. It like that, and it goes all over the floor. So everyone wears this special thing on their shoes because the floors are so sticky in yeah, every yeah. restaurant. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Like, it's not a joke. Like everyone's restaurant, they don't have roaches. Floor is sticky because I mean, of the cider. You just... <laughs> what happens in the north nah. of Spain, bro? I can't. Bad. I can't drop a crumb in Brooklyn without getting yes. a roach. These guys got sticky shoes. I can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. What, when when you decide to go somewhere, has there ever been one? I don't know if you want to mention it, but has there ever been a um, uh, sort of a derby where you're like, yeah, this is wild, boring. Like, there's nothing about this. <laughs> and please don't say Seattle, bro. I know you want to bring up MLS, <laughs> but uh, is there? No. Oh I, yeah. Yo, I loved Seattle, Portland. I man, are you kidding me? I love no, genuinely, Portland is one of my favorite cities. New York and Portland are probably the two, only two cities I could live in your country. <laughs> with all due respect to the rest. In um, your country, I but, like uh, it. For some reason, I was like, it is my country. <laughs> Good point. Uh, the United States of Alexis. <laughs> but no, no, I love. I also love Seattle. I, I told you about yeah, that Cuban right. that Cuban sandwich place, man. In Seattle, big up that place. They fucking send their, their whole no, stuff. No, that's great. But <laughs> is there I, ever one where you're like, there's just nothing um, here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I can say it now that the... um, oh, Fuck, which was... The, there was one that we... It wasn't really our choice to go. It was due to, you know, with all... The Valencia VRL yeah, one okay, wasn't okay. a derby. But we were going there because we had a relationship with Valencia. They're from the same region... But it was early on when we didn't we didn't have the money to decide we can go anywhere we want. We kind of needed clubs to give us access to stuff. They said you can be pitch side, and we want to roll up. And we were a young company at the time, and we went, okay, cool, Valencia, Villarreal. Um, and it was nil-nil, and no one hated each other. They don't yeah. like each other, but Villarreal is still, in context, quite a young team, at least in La Liga. Valencia didn't really care about them. It was Easter. It was like this time last year, like, this time five years ago, we got stuck in a lift in Catholic Spain on Easter, yeah. I had like a fucking breakdown in this lift because I was like, I'm going to go mad. I, like, it was just, I remember having to argue with the journalist, like begging him to give me something. Like, he went, like do you not the yeah. town? Like, at least you're not like the yeah. town. The people are a bit weird. Like, he's like, I don't really mind. I'm not going to, and I'm like, yeah, fair. But I was yeah. just like, oh man. And like, I, I hated doing that. But, there's nothing you can do yeah. when you're a young company and you're. It's a new but at, show. You've got to go. At away. that point, you have to like, you know, you, you know, stop. kind of stoke the flame a little bit. Like, look, I heard Valencia says something about your mother. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Like, you really no, need to. Oh, you gonna let that happen though? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know she got down like that. Like, she learned those moves, dude. Yeah, did yeah. you know she didn't have a gang yeah, reflex? Exactly. Because that's what they saying <laughs> back then. <Yeah. laughs> 
You didn't see that Tifa <laughs> about your really abuela? Yo, I don't story. Pass, bro. Is there? What, yeah. I, that brings exactly. up a great question so, because look, that was- obviously, a lot of the fans that watch us also know of Copa ninety because you guys are kind of like epic, right? And you went through a bit of a sort of a shakeup in the past few, and it's everyone kind of knows what's going on. How does a company make money? Spending millions sending you around the world for YouTube content. Oh, it's not millions. I don't know what your. I don't know how much they pay me, guys, but it's not millions. How are they making money? You know what I mean? Like, what is it that? How does? How does? England seems to lead the charge. um, I think in in sort of. Uh, valid- validating YouTube content to be like at the same level as television. It's starting to happen now in America. What what is it that you what is it that you guys do? What is it that you hope to do? You know what I mean? Like how how does this business advance? Because you're not young anymore. Like what is the next step for Copa ninety? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm. My job is telling stories, so I don't. I don't really have a role in the. You guys have seen how long it took me to get on on this call. Like, there's a reason I'm. Not you might be. You just never get into the meetings. You can't click the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we have. That's why we're not bowling yet. Um, I, I I can't tell you. Obviously, like I said, not only is Copanani still relatively new, YouTube is. We don't. The whole concept changes every few years. So, what Copanani is, we're we're changing and we're growing and we're moving. That's just I genuinely don't know, and I try and almost stay out of it because it's not really. For me to say that my job is to tell the best long form stories on the internet, and that's what I delve my world into. So I can't really tell you. I mean, obviously, we had plans for this year, and now, like everyone, that it's just like I don't even know what's. No one knows what's going on in the football world, so I don't even know. My my, I was I was stacking up the research on um, Athletic Bilbao versus Real Sociedad because they're about to meet in the cup final for the first time in eighty eight years or something. They were going to play, so I was like, that was my plans for this next few months. Sorry, that story. Essentially, that's probably not going to happen. If it does, it'll be in August, and probably no fans. So I don't, I don't know. Like, um, Copper's always trying to work shit out. Going to the first part of the question, how do we afford to send me? Well, Derby Days, as I said, if you, it doesn't actually make money because it, we put it out for free. It, it is quite expensive. The overhead's quite expensive. Flights, accommodation, and just get making things happen costs money. But um, I think they see the value in it in terms of you know for the. Brand, it's really good. Everyone associates Copalani with a show like Derby Days, um, and then we've got other branded work and a whole bunch of other stuff we do through football, through the football business world to to make money. Um, but again, that's not really my world. Like I said, we do a lot of a com- lot of commercial work as well that's separate. But what's really cool and what I'm really privileged about is the fact that Copalani let me do my stuff with no brands, no nothing. I do my work, um, make my documentaries, um, and they allow me to do it the way I want to do it. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty lucky like that. But for now, what's it, the plan going ahead? Yeah, it would <laughs> it would change the entire what, tone if you're just like holding a holding flare time. and with a Pepsi. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, yo, this yeah, Barbie's yeah. crazy, but it's not as cool. crazy as the discount that you can get. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a clean tackle. Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Head and shoulders. I mean, <laughs> what a... <laughs> Am I right? Like, what yeah. happened to Ellie, Exactly, dude? just... <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's been times like, like one thing I can always say, like I, like, we, we, we'd never do branded stuff, but we, we do use like what we can. Like we've done a few commercials for Amstel, and um, like everyone's like, how did you get pitch side at the Copa Libertadores? And we're like, because everyone just thinks like, like, uh, Copa Bowl. Yeah. did not know who we are. Like those shots of me running around the inside of the stadium, like walking into rooms and like popping my head over into like, like uh, groups of suits, like all. 
I, we, we were not meant to be there. They were literally constantly going, like, who, who are you? What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm from Australia. They'd be like, what? Why is a brown Australian, like, running around the bowls of, uh, of the Bombonero or the Monumental? And essentially what had happened was, because we'd done work with Amstel, we kind of teamed up a photography shoot with Amstel, which also got us to be on the pitch for the first 10 minutes of both of both um, halves. And then we ended up just taking advantage of that because South America's yeah. everything's so shambolic and long story short, um, yeah, we got there. But um, the one thing we did do is there was like, you might remember it in the Buenos Aires episode, there's a bunch of guys. Uh, it, they just wouldn't do it. They were a bunch of like hood rats, shirtless, covered in tattoos, smoking outside this liquor store. Uh, and one of them had a river tattoo. I'm like, we got it. We didn't have enough river at that time. And I'm like, we need to interview them. And they're like, no, no, we're not doing an interview. And then I was like, I will give you some money. They're like, no, 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 we're good, we're good. And then I was like, well, I just kept pushing them. And like 10 minutes in, my one of my producers was like, dude, give up. They're not going to do it. I'm like, I'll buy you a case of beer each if you do a two-minute interview. Because we've done like, we'll blow your faces, da, da, da. And they're like, a case, you're going to walk in there and buy us a case each. There were six of them. And I was like, yeah. So we came in and bought six cases of Amstel to like make Amstel feel better. And they were just like, fucking. And then they went mad. The interview was amazing. They play a massive part of it. And it's just like, there's little moments you can work out things, but that's about as... That's pretty dope. We got more with Ellie when we get back. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We just want to bring it with a word from one of our sponsors, us, and you, and maybe even Ali Krieger. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, uh, yes, Cully Squad has been uh, litter than ever. Uh, oh, wow. It is wild, Liddy. In fact, some of us, <laughs> people came in and said, hey, we heard you were having a party. You're going to get a ticket because of coronavirus. I said, no, no, no. It's just Cully Squad. They said, all right, well, then please continue. I'm sorry I interrupted. <laughs> okay. And then I tip my cap to the officer. Uh, <laughs> so, no, uh, Gully Squad has been uh, again, especially during this quarantine, we, we've, we've spoken about how it is more than just a, a you know, just getting some uh, extra content. It is becoming a, a very much a full-fledged community of, uh, of people uh, sharing ideas, sharing stories of comedy, uh, uh, everything. So, uh, and, and yes, you may have heard recently on our, on, we did a Zoom call. We did a, the first Gully Squad happy hour. And, and that, was, that wasn't even us. That was just the, the Gully Squad members putting that together. Shout out uh, to, to Peter. Peter Garcia, who who uh, who had the idea uh, initially, and he uh, wanted to get drunk with other members, and let's go, you know. Yeah. And let me yeah. tell you something. I think it started around what seven, seven, six p.m. It started at six p.m. Yeah. I logged back in at like eleven thirty, and it was still happening, dude. Bro, that's how that's how we do it. I Gully Squad, bro. Gully Squad, it ain't it ain't called Softy Squad, my guy. <laughs> okay. Also, I mean, how did you know my nickname in high school? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that that's the you know the 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 Mister Softy Truck uh, uh, subscriber service. Actually, I got it after prom. It was a really, I mean, you know, the first time drinking yeah. whiskey, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I hate that it stuck. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but if you wanna, yes, the the the. the Gully Squad Happy Hour was unbelievable, and we we had a, a special guest join us, uh, Ali Krieger of or the Orlando Pride and the U.S. Women's National Team, two, two-time World Cup champion, just hop hopping in uh, Zoom calls hey, uh, with uh, and us. Christian, how many other how many other uh, podcast fan group Zoom happy hours <laughs> do you think two two-time World Cup winners be hopping into, or someone on the cover of People Magazine? <laughs> uh, I can't look. I'm I'm rifling through all my paperwork. You hear right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to get through it. Uh, I honestly cannot find anything. I'm, I, and I have the records. You I'm know? trying I'm, to add it up right now, and you can hear my my, my uh, calculator with the with 
the paper. You can hear it going. <laughs> there it is. And look, it says zero. The, the number is zero. So you can no. stop rifling through all your paperwork. With your, your, what are the, the, the printer with the that all the paper was like? Court, the like dot attached? matrix. Yes. Dot matrix. Yes, your dot matrix paper. You can stop looking at it, dude. <laughs> no, but I love I can't let it go. No. You know? No, keep it. For sure, keep it. Because you, you need the records for seven years <laughs> for tax reasons. But what I'm saying is you can stop rifling through it for this. Oh, oh, for okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this break then. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, yeah, look, that, that those are some of the things that uh, are possible if you join Gully Squad. There's a lot of fun. Um, not only is just a cool content, but uh, fun surprises like that. And we are actively trying to, you know, make it more than just a, you know, uh, just just sending you an extra 20 minutes of uh, of a podcast a week or, or a month or whatever. We're trying to, like, offer Gully Squad members a, a, a genuinely fun experience uh, similarly to what we get to have you know I, we're, we're trying to put out something really really fun and cool and it's, uh, it's all the uh, stuff we would have wanted when we were just soccer fans and didn't have a podcast or a TV show. Total, it's totally. like this is what I would I would have loved to have been hanging out on some you know conference call or something like that you know, and all of a sudden, uh, a, world, a two-time World Cup winner just hops on from you know her backyard, just hanging out. Sure, you know, it'd be nice if Ronaldinho would have called from prison. From prison, yeah. dude. Imagine we were his only phone call. <laughs> oh, how lit is that, dude? He's like, so, yo, I ain't even trying to get out, dog. I just want to say what was good. I just made this phone call to say what's good. I don't need to talk to no lawyers. Get the Gully Squad on the phone, Ew, dog. <laughs> what are my lawyers gonna do? I did this shit. You know? <laughs> All right, so please join Gully Squad. Go to SoccerCooligans.com and hit the Join Gully Squad button. I promise you uh, it is as fun uh, as these breaks. Uh, we, have, we have a good time with it. And, uh, yeah, it, you'll, you'll have unique experiences and really cool things. That, and you'll help the show grow. Uh, so please, please do that. SoccerCooligans.com and click on Join Gully Squad. All right, baby, we're back. We got even more with Ellie Menjum of Copa 90. Darby days, my Instagram, you've seen them everywhere. Uh, (laughs) We actually never, we actually never finished talking a little bit about uh, the question about danger and uh, whether you feel like you're in danger sometimes, or just like, what were some of the more dangerous uh, situations you've been put in? But I kind of want to ask that and then segue from that into what do you hope to do next? Like, uh, is it just continue doing Darby days or do you have like a vision for a project that you're really hoping to get into when football comes back slash soccer? Cause this is America. That's fair. That's fair. Um, is the so going back to the danger thing? Yeah, many times, probably every episode uh, we've done, there's been some kind of worry somewhere. Especially when you add in Europe and politics and how that's kind of blended into football. Blend. It's always been part of it, but really more than ever. And looking the way I do, even though the beard usually isn't this big, there's always a constant fear and there's always a threat. Like we've had many things that we've been close to quite a few times. Um, whether I want to keep doing it, I guess so. <laughs> um, if you're going to go out, you might as well go out um, with a flirt of the face. But uh, what do I want to do? I guess, again, everything's been thrown up in the air because of what's happened. The last, obviously, we did the last Derby Day series that took six months to do the three episodes. I was hoping to do another three at the end of the year for like kind of cup finals and stuff like that, as we were saying, the boss Derby. That's not going to happen. But in the future, I don't know, man. Like I've... Football's never really been the number one thing I always wanted to do. General news, general news documentaries are kind of what I'd like to do going into the future eventually. 
But um, I'm kind of loving it, man. Derby days is going better than ever. So more Derby days, more. I want to do one more series of the Real International Break. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that. That's mm-hmm. actually my probably my favorite show, where I go for a World Cup qualifier every every break. We went to a different continent. We did the lot, the first season we did in one season. We did Concacaf. We did Costa Rica, Mexico, and US. We did Ivory Coast for Africa. I did Argentina. We did Japan. I did Australia, and we did Bosnia and Montenegro, and like. It was every episode was on like just something insane happened. The Argentina episode is probably one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. If you watch anything of ours besides Derby Days, watch that one. Um, so I'd really like to do another international break qualifying series. I really want to document again when if this all calms down. I'd really like to follow Canada for this upcoming qualifying series because I think it's a really fascinating story. Just how they can't seem to qualify despite the fact that they should be a mid-level nation and top level nation in CONCACAF and they can't even beat El Salvador to make it to the head. Yeah, you, really you did, um, uh, there, there was a podcast that you did that Montreal. you were talking about that, that got shared a lot um, yeah. uh, about, you know, your, yeah, your yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, your thoughts on Canada, and uh, and it was interesting because even uh, it started making me think about like why Canada struggles so much, uh, and it, it it's it made me ask you know it made me think about what is the the perception of Concacaf uh, from from either from your research or what you sense in Europe of what what do people know about it do they really like do they know how like uh you know dirty it is do you know how you know like the, the, these games are are, are a little yeah. different than some of the other confederations Americans like to say chippy they're a little chippy that it's means there's fun. a lot of uh, a lot of elbows and gets a little grimy mm-hmm. out here <laughs> sounds quite british actually chippy um uh most most people, it's quite funny, you know, they like to like laugh at, I, I find it quite funny that in Europe, they like to laugh at people outside of Europe because they don't know anything about football. But you ask most Europeans, they don't even know the difference between yeah. CONCACAF and Common Bowl. I think they think it's one big region. It's quite ironic that. So I'd say your first level, second level even don't, they don't know. The th- third level kind of know CONCACAF isn't Common Bowl, but they don't actually know which one's which. And then there's the kind of like the ones who really are on their stuff who actually get it. And understand it. I'd probably say, though, the first thing Concaf is famous for is how shady it was and how yeah. it was the center of a FIFA gate scandal. Through, that was us, baby. You know, okay. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys were like yeah, two thirds of those. Two thirds yeah, of the dude. Came yeah, from dude. Concaf. Who else is going to have an apartment for cats? Insane. <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. There's some dodgy, dodgy European countries, but I know what you mean. You guys, if there was a World Cup for. Um, I don't know. We win. Yeah. <laughs> Put a yeah. star above our uh, our yeah. prison <laughs> prison <laughs> uniform, dude. <laughs> yeah, I I do think a lot of people find it confusing though as well because like you know you the vast majority of central uh, of Concacaf is sp- Spanish speaking, but America seemed to dominate the most. Maybe with a bit of Mexico, but a lot of people kind of get lost in what's Concacaf. I, even I struggle, you know, like Suriname. I believe that's how you pronounce it. That's a country that sits on the continent of South America, yeah. but it plays in Concacaf. It's quite quite interesting that you don't know really ever thinks of that, and I'm always like, wait, why aren't they in? And you know, you're hearing more and more rumors as 2026 approaches. We're going to have 48 teams. It's going to ruin the whole qualifying um, process, which is a shame. Obviously, you guys are going to have to qualify, even though you're hosts, because you can't have three countries go automatically into it. But I've heard rumors that they're going to make Concacaf and Commonwealth merge, and instead of um, what is it, four and a half spots from Concacaf, three and a half spots from Concacaf, and four and a half from Bowl, they'll merge them into let's say 10 spots 
and everyone, and that most likely South America will just get to take more from CONCACAF because, let's be honest, Honduras are probably going to lose out to even Peru, Uruguay, Paraguay. They are just stronger. It might even make America's job harder, but it'll probably make you better in the long run. I've heard rumors of that. I actually think that would make most sense to merge them because I think everyone would get a lot better for it. I'd love, like, imagine an away day, USA away day. Your biggest match yeah. in the qualifiers are always Mexico. But imagine if Brazil yeah. away for points. <laughs> yeah, if you're Brazilian, it'd be amazing. amazing. <laughs> uh, we were talking a little bit about combining CONCACAF and CONMEBOL. Um, you know, that always kind of scares Americans because it's like, even with the relative ease we have now, we still didn't qualify for the last World Cup. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> oh, so we're going to bring in tougher competition? Yeah, that seems smart. You know, like for right now, like, how about this? How about we don't have to qualify? Have we thought about that? You know, like, <laughs> that's what we're kind of going towards. Like, what is it, like, what do you think it's going to take for, because you've, you've kind of waxed poetically a little bit about the, the Canadian team, but what's it going to take for the American team, do you think, from your perspective, to get to the next level? Is this something you've ever considered? Do you care? <laughs> you know? No, I do. I used to be obsessed with the American team. I famously put a stupid amount of money on America for the three tournaments, 14, 10, and 6. <laughs> um, I always thought it was inevitable that you guys were going to win it because just because the way you guys do things, like whether it's through <laughs> military or financially, you guys just kind of nice. go and just dominate whatever you want. Often succeeding. So I always thought it's a matter of time before Americans work out, oh, this is what the yeah, whole world yeah. loves. Well, we're going to win this too. Um, and what I, I don't actually know have the answer because what I always go to, like Americans love... Everyone in football has gone about projects and, oh, we're going to build this and this. Blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is, and everyone forgets this, the United States made the quarterfinals of the World Cup in 2002 when the MLS was in its infancy. No one cared about the sport. Most Americans couldn't even name the squad. You had no investment, no football culture. Well, actually, you had a football culture, sorry, but, like, it wasn't – it was very niche. And yet you made the quarterfinals of which you lost to a really good German side – one nil, but there was a ball on the line that got cleared and a dodgy pen. You should have gone to the semis, mm-hmm. or you could have easily have gone to the semis. You haven't got close to a quarterfinal. You made round of sixteen in what fourteen and ten. Both you're pretty plucky. To be fair, you got out of the group stage of a hard group in twenty fourteen. But it, if you actually look at it, it's like wait, America did best when no one gave a shit. Like you guys were, ep- you beat Mexico in the round. <laughs> yeah, the fifth game. <laughs> you would have. Yeah, exactly. You you will. Ne- you will never beat Mexico in a World Cup for 20 years yet when no one cared, you guys did quite well. So if I'm honest, and this is how I thought about the whole thing, it's like, I don't have a clue, but I don't think anyone has a clue. Football's quite weird. I think you've got more players in, than ever in Europe. Pulisic. Weston McKenney. Schalke, I always forget his name. Yeah, yeah Weston McKenney, Reynard. Is, it's exciting. Like, I don't actually know what it's going to take. Like, I definitely think um, Bearholter probably isn't the best, but I don't actually know what the answer is because I find it all... I, I, I don't know what... The, I thought... um. Old mate who's Bruce at the Revs now, uh, Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena yeah. is the guy who took them to the quarters, so I thought him coming back <laughs> would go well. And it, he, you even watch that. Like, I've watched that Trinidad and Tobago game so many times. Like, it's so bizarre <laughs> that you lost that game. I mean, the goals were – I don't know. That, the truth is I don't know, but, like, I don't think anyone does. And I think you're just going to have to ride it out. Keep doing what you're doing. The MLS has never been po- more popular. You're creating more plays than ever. The game's never been more popular. I don't think there's an exact formula that goes, okay, we get to go to the World Cup. Because you were making every World Cup – 1994, you were making them easy. All of a sudden, you missed out on one. But can you really blame the football or soccer in America at the moment? Because to be honest, it's never been better and more popular. Maybe it's not working for the national team. But like, I don't know, there's not like this magic formula that goes, okay, you'll always make it. And like I said, I always go back to 02. I'm like, how were they so good then? When, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Maybe, I maybe, when I was thought, yeah, maybe they're just the, the, uh, the added level of uh, attention and pressure. Even though the, the, the popularity of the sport is, is relative here, it's not, you know, it's not the preeminent sport. But the fact that just more people, like kids are growing up, uh, a lot of the players now grew up with MLS, you know? That was the, the only really league they focused yep. on. And then maybe later on, they paid attention to the European leagues. But they, they, they're growing up with it more now. And maybe that is the, that is the thing that's missing from those the, the, that 2002 squad which is like they always had to defend the fact that they were taking the sport seriously it meant more to them because it wasn't as yeah. popular we got something similar in australia where like the games never been more popular in australia the leagues never been more professional it's kind of plateaued now a bit but like when the league was at its best probably around 2010 our 2010 or even 2014 teams weren't as good as 2006 or even the 2002 team that didn't even make the world cup and it's because so many a lot of people attribute it to the fact that so many players had to go to Europe early, 15, 16, and make it there because the league wasn't strong enough. And so whilst they make the A-League now, the A-League isn't as strong as Europe. So therefore, whilst they've got yeah. a safer, more professional, better, shiny-looking league, it's actually doing it tough in the second divisions of Germany that actually makes the players better. In all, that made our 0206 squads so good. Like, our 0206 squads are the... They just, we don't have one player at the yeah. moment who could get into either of those squads. Yet our league's way more professional. Yeah, our you guys, you guys, you guys had uh, uh, Everton legend Tim Cahill. T- Timmy Cahill. Yeah, Tim <laughs> Cahill. Exactly, he gets it. So maybe that's it. Maybe the problem is that players aren't risking it to go play for, I don't know, Hansa Rostock or IK Stockholm. Instead, they're going to Houston Dynamo, making a sweet package. No, and that's not disrespect to Houston Dynamo, amazing stadium, amazing place to play. But like, maybe it's just not as challenging. Uh, Maybe you just need to get tough out in the in the small in the smaller leagues in Europe than the big league in America. Maybe, you sound like Jurgen Klinsmann. Not, yeah, dude, tough it out. <laughs> says Ellie Mandrum. Uh, you were talking a little bit about A League. You're obviously a big fan, Australian dude. Um, there were some rumors coming out that Hyundai was going to leave, and that that might mean, uh, or they wouldn't be the main sponsor. That might mean that the league was going to maybe collapse or shut down. The clubs aren't making as much money, or it's still not where it's supposed to be. Uh, you know what is that? I feel like in order for countries like America or, or Australia to hit the next level, they need to have a robust league. And if the league collapses, that's eh, not, it's not going to get a chance to be robust. What do you, what do you know? Is there anything you can report? How do you think it's going on over back home? <laughs> oh, you've done your research. I wasn't expecting A-League questions, let alone A-League <laughs> sponsorship questions. Um, what does the A-League need to do genuinely to be successful? Oh, th- there's one very simple answer. It needs the MLS to go bust because basically the MLS is just what the A-League wants to be with a country with 10 times bigger population, 10 times bigger investment, 10 times more money. 10 times more teams. We can't get this. We should have got Kaká. We were meant to get him, but Orlando jumped in because they can offer him 10 times. We've only got three major cities, five proper cities max. You guys have got, how many teams you got now? You've got 30, no, 22 yeah, teams. 20, we're like a 26. We're about 18 like different 26 cities currently, I think. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, the reality is you've got Europe. That's where, that's like the center of the football world. And you've got these little out of, Outposts, not outposts, but places outside of that that are getting bigger and bigger. The MLS now is the go-to that everyone talks about. The A-League and the MLS were kind of like on the same path about 15 years ago, but the, we don't have enough cities. We, we, we've just done two expansion teams and they're a joke. And it's not their fault, but we don't have the money to... We, we got like four, three major clubs, that two in Sydney and one in Melbourne. That's it. And none of them can offer the money that even... Even, like I said, Orlando can offer. Orlando's not even a major team. They haven't even made a playoff. And they've got <laughs> Kaká and Nani. I mean... 
it's 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 insane if you think about it. Even like great examples like New York City FC, like they gave they gave Melbourne City the scraps. They got we got David Villa. We meant to have him for six weeks. We got him for two because like nah nah he's going back to to New York. Even though he did say he loved Melbourne, but the point is like the A League's in trouble for a bunch of reasons. But I don't blame it on anything other than the circumstances. The A League is a league in a country with four other major sports. Each have the each have a league or three out of those four have a league that's been going for over 40, 50, 60, the AFL even 110 years. And they're up against four other codes, their own code, they've got 30 other leagues that have got 10 times the money, glory, prestige, history, finances from Europe, let alone America, South America, Africa. Then Asia's got more money than everyone. Like everyone likes to have a go at the A League, but the A League's doing the best it can in the circumstances it can. Unless I mean, Neymar's transfer is worth more than the entire sport industry in Australia yeah. alone, of every sport. And people want us to be, and people try and compare the A League to Europe. It's like, well, how how are they meant to do that? Let alone how they're meant to be the best thing out of outside of Europe when the MLS has never been more popular with people like Beckham invested in. The fact of the matter is, there isn't an answer. We everyone who loves football in Australia has to support the A League for it to be good. Stop comparing it to Europe. Otherwise, there's just no option because it can't be better. You can't be better than. It can't even come close, but yet we have to accept it doesn't need to be as close. It can be it's our own local niche thing. But to do that, one thing I do, we need to do is have soccer-specific stadiums, as you guys like to call them. That'll make a huge difference. We got them for about half the league, but we need it for the other half. And the other thing is we need to like stop trying to be – we need to kind of like take pride in our Australian kind of colloquialism, be, be – power and unique angle we don't have to be glossy we don't need to play in big shiny stadiums if they're in suburban stadiums that's cool that's what's going to make it cool not trying to be a Juventus or even a New York City FC kind of like the Canadian Premier League again like exactly this guy yeah He's got it. <laughs> well, like, well, well what you're like saying, Australia. you get down there. The <laughs> but the stuff that you're saying is is really the the stuff. When we started uh, the you know the podcast before it became a TV show, we were saying the same exact thing. We were just saying like we have to own uh, what we are. We don't have to be Europe. Well, you know, we don't have to uh, constantly battle with uh, you know. You you write the word soccer on Twitter, and ev- all these mates from uh, London are like, it's called football, mate. You know, it's just like that. It's like who cares? Like, fine. You wanna you wanna have that debate? You wanna have yeah. that argument? We're we're wasting our time. Yeah, we ain't well, trying to be you, bruh. I'm a massive advocate for the world football myself, but in America, you're right. That is your thing, and you've got that world, and that is the federation's even called U.S. Soccer, like for a reason. Yeah, yeah you're right. You should just embrace who you are, and I, I agree. It's it's complicated. Football man, like everything, it used to be not like everything, but um, everyone's got an opinion on it now. So uh, it, everyone thinks that they're right. I'm not even saying I'm right. I'm saying that's my yeah. take on it. Um, if people get along a lot more in the, the Australian football world, like it's so political, everything's everyone's so politics fierce. and soccer. And, what uh, are the odds, it, huh? It, <laughs> All right, that is a wrap. As you can see, we're having a great time during our breaks. Thank you, you again, Ellie Mendrum, uh, for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you. Is there any place people uh, should follow you or any projects that you would like to, to direct them to at the moment? Yeah, check out Davy Days on YouTube or Real International Break on YouTube. And um, I don't know, you can send me some questions on Twitter. I'm, <laughs> I'm there probably a bit too much. Uh, at El Menjum, E-L Menjum. Yeah. And, yeah, you guys. Yeah, if not. just <laughs> Yeah, we'll direct, we'll, question, we'll direct them to you. So, yeah, uh, so thank you again uh, for tuning in. Make sure you uh, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure Five you stars. subscribe uh, to the uh, Fubo Sports YouTube channel uh, for full episodes. Uh, you can get those there uh, as well. Uh, so, again, thank you so much, Ellie, uh, for joining us. So, for Ellie Menjum, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerrero. 
Guerreros. And together, what are we? The Cooligans! The Cooligans! Cool oh. <laughs>